0: To trending in education, Mike Palmer here. Very happy to be joined by two soon-to-be friends of the show from a company called Everplans. We have Abby Schneiderman, who's the co-founder and co-CEO of Everplans. Abby's an industry expert in areas of digital estate planning, technology, and consumerism. She's a Forbes.com contributor and has been featured in the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and CNBC. We'll also be joined by Gene Newman. Gene serves as Everplans editorial and education director and has spent his career as a writer, editor, and content leader for Maxim.com, Hatchet, Filippacci Digital, and other lifestyle products. We got great representation from Everplans. They have a new book out uh, called In Case You Get Hit by a Bus, which we're going to be talking about. Abby and Gene, welcome to Trending in Education.
1: Thank you so much for having us.
0: It's great to have you. We always love to begin the show by getting to know our guests and in true comic book sensibility, understand their origin stories. How did they get to this point in their professional lives and why might that be relevant to an audience who's interested in trends and the future of learning? As I understand it, Abby, you're very much the progenitor of Everplans. Can you begin your backstory and bring Jean in as it makes sense?
1: Sure. I'm happy to tell you how all of this came to be back where I came from. Um, I'm a repeat tech entrepreneur and I live in New York city with my family, but I've always been working on technology uh, startup businesses. And the original idea for ever plans actually came about when 10 years ago, when I was planning my wedding and I was using all of these online platforms that were out there at the time, yeah. like Martha Stewart's websites mm-hmm. and the not.com which mm-hmm. I was on every single day. I was on their apps and their guides and their calendars and their checklists and their videos. And I say this all the time, but I, I don't know why my brain went from marriage to death, but I guess <laughs> I was thinking life's over. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, I think I was just thinking about life stages and what was out there for all of the various life stages, what was going to hold my hand through the rest of my life in the same way that I had been handheld through wedding planning. And I just started looking into it out of intellectual curiosity, I found that there were plenty of resources for people planning weddings, plenty of resources for having kids, sending your kids off to college, financial planning, even retirement planning. But then after retirement planning, the whole area just evaporated. And I mentioned this idea to Adam Cipher who's now my longtime business partner, Adam is another repeat tech entrepreneur. He had just uh, sold his his tech startup uh, called PhotoLog, which was one of the big photo sharing communities. And I said, Adam, who's helping people deal with death? And he goes, somebody is, because it's the biggest life stage that there is. Not everybody gets married. Not everybody has children, but everybody has to deal with this inevitable life stage. And
0: the the addressable market is everyone.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I said, I, I don't know who's doing anything here because I'm, I'm looking into it and I can't find anything. So we started looking into it together. we spent a year doing the whole uh, startup thing. We were uh, meeting at coffee shops and in each other's apartments and tr- yeah. just trying to look at what was out there and studying the market for who's helping people with this topic. And we were pretty shocked after about a year of looking into it that there was absolutely nothing. Mm. And we said, well, how is it possible that the one life stage that everybody has to deal with, which by the way is maybe also the most complicated, most stressful, scariest, saddest, how is it possible that there's nothing for people here that's helping them navigate through it? And so that was the original idea was to create the first modern consumer company focused on what we now call life and legacy planning. Mm. And we started by, We said, let's see, let's test this and see, is anyone gonna even be interested in this topic online? So we started by creating content. We just wrote articles. We wrote over 500 original articles on everything from how do you write a will, to how do you name a power of attorney, to what do you wear to a funeral? And we put up essentially like a blog initially up online to see, and sure enough, people started coming to it. And actually, we noticed that we were coming up really highly in Google searches for every article that we were writing. So if you were to Google today, naming a power of attorney, you probably would find Everplans up at the very top Mm. um, of that page. But a big part of our personal story is that a year after Adam and I put up this initial content online, my family experienced a terrible situation, which is that My 51-year-old brother was killed on his way to lunch while he was on vacation by an impaired driver driving down the wrong side of the road. Oh, my God. Yeah, and it was a nightmare for us. It was a disaster beyond any description I could give right now. But luckily, my brother had made some financial arrangements, but he didn't have a will. We had no idea how to access his accounts. We had no idea what accounts he had. And my family was left in this nightmare of a situation of having to track things down figure out what he would have wanted in a, in a really short amount of time. And it was, if I recall back to then, it was, it was so complicated. It was so stressful it was expensive because we didn't know what to do. And so you end up spending money that you didn't mean to spend Mm -hmm. or need to spend. And it was just, you're doing it in such a fog. And so it's just not the time to be having to do all of that. And what it made Adam and I realize at the time was that, yes, we can really help people here, but we needed to go further than providing articles online. We needed to actually help people get a plan in place so that that when the time does come, your family can access this important information online. Yeah. And that became the start of our planning company, Everplans. And we went out and we ended up luckily finding our secret weapon, Gene Newman, who's here today. And Gene is our editorial director and, and chief education officer. And and really the person who has made this topic more approachable we looked for somebody like gene because Mm -hmm. we knew that we needed somebody to help us physically change the language of this topic Mm -hmm. to make it more modern less scary less morbid this doesn't have to be overwhelming this should just be regular old planning and organization Mm -hmm. we want people to think of this type of planning no differently than when they're buying a car seat for a baby when you're buying a car seat for a baby you're just thinking about being a responsible parent you're not thinking about car accidents right. same thing here when you're getting organized and preparing in advance for the unexpected it's just responsible planning it doesn't need to be scary and yeah. gene is an absolute genius gene has done just that he's really the person who in this book in case you get hit by a bus how to organize your life now for when you're not around later has taken this really complex topic and distilled it down in a way that I don't want to say is fun, but I've actually heard some people call it a little fun. But Gene, I don't know, Gene, how did you, you, what happened when you first met us, Gene?
2: (laughs) This is incredible, flattered. (laughs) I, I love all that. And I love the car seat analogy. That was one of the things you first told me. That was one of the first, oh, is it a death company? Abby's, no, it's a tech company. And how we looked at it was buying a car seat or when you're about to go skydiving or ziplining, you have to sign away your life before you do it. And you're not thinking, oh, I'm going to die now. You're excited for the thing you're about to do. And what was really interesting was the initial stuff was very much about funeral planning and things along those lines and religious funeral traditions and getting into the, the kind of instructions of what this stuff does beyond the legal aspect Mm -hmm. because the legal aspect seems to trip everyone up. They think, oh, if I have a will, I'm done. Mm
0: -hmm. If I
2: have a power of attorney, I'm done. Mm -hmm. And what Abby had come up with was incredibly ambitious because we couldn't hide from certain topics and say, okay, we could talk about a will, but we can't talk about family photos or what she loves recipes or writing legacy letters to people Mm -hmm. or organizing your passwords. And you think every one of these topics is its own industry in itself. Mm -hmm. You pick one of these topics and it's a world and people don't have the option when they're in an emergency, when someone needs to know this information to pick and choose and say, I'm just going to deal with their money, but I'm not going to deal with any of their possessions. I'm Mm -hmm. just going to deal with these aspects of their life. And I'm not going to, you have to do it all. Mm -hmm. And what Abby was talking about with her brother That's this overwhelming wave of panic that you get when all of a sudden, how do I submit a will to probate? Oh, I have to hire a lawyer. It's not just handing it over and waiting for them to return it. How do I access accounts that have been frozen? We've talked to so many widows who have been through problems of not being able to access any funds, not knowing how to even turn the porch lights on because it was transferred over to a nest. The the whole house is automated now. And He took care of it or a a husband finding out that she balanced the checkbook. I just basically, she took the money over since the last 40 years. And I haven't touched a checkbook because she handled everything. And I don't know what to do. Someone who's digitally inclined and make sure all the bills get paid automated. The other person's left in the dark. So by really first identifying every possible component of a person's life, that was step one. Mm -hmm. And that takes a while. Because a lot of times you figure even some of these steps that seem simple could be very complex when it comes to their arrangements. Adams always want to bring up about blended families mm. and people that have more complicated situations that mm-hmm. sometimes get left out. Mm-hmm. And also when you have complicated investments, if you have property in different states, all these things you don't think about because you're just living your life. But then right. when something hits immediately, you have to do that. So the framework for this book The first step, and they'd make fun of me because I had a wall of crazy that just had a bunch of note cards and they're like, but it's like your family got kidnapped and you're doing everything to get them back (laughs) because it was trying to figure out what method, because digitally in the platform, it's a lot easier to guide people through because they're doing something there. You see your home and you say, okay, here's how I pay for it. Mm -hmm. Here's all the utilities associated. Here's all the vendors. Here's what you need to know. Mm -hmm. But in a book, we want to make sure how can it be laid out in a way that won't seem like a laundry list and that also won't overwhelm people. So coming up with this structure and settling on that was probably the first three or four months of writing it. Right, And that's when we settled on three levels where Mm -hmm. we're saying, okay, what is our process? Because we've always had these processes and systems in place, but we never really spelled them out to people. They're always behind the scenes. They don't need to know how this is getting made. So it was coming up with the levels and saying the three progressions of life, which is get the stuff you have organized now, everything you have, don't add anything new yet. What do you have? And then the second level is, okay, what do you need or what might you want? Or what are the things that you've been putting off doing or the things you avoid? Mm-hmm. And then the last level is a personalization, which is the part of planning that actually is probably the most important because everything else will sort itself out eventually. Mm. But the person you are, the way you lived your life, the things you cared about, that stuff will disappear into a void forever if right. you don't tell anyone about it. Mm-hmm. And that's also the part that, Abby, you call it, is it the softer side of planning?
0: Right.
1: Yeah, the softer side of legacy planning. Yeah. And we think that sometimes it ends up being those things that way after the the will and all of the estate planning comes into play, those are the things that end up living on. Jean mentioned recipes. We help people think through things like, what are those family recipes that are in your recipe box or in your own head, even that Mm -hmm. if God forbid something were to happen to you, that your kids would then lose out on. And in my family, we actually put this in the book for me, it's my grandmother's cookie recipe. And I remember making those cookies with her. I now have made them with my mom. I have the recipe. I now make them with my kids. And if something were to happen to me, I want my kids to have that recipe so that they can make them and then make them with their kids. And that might seem like a little thing. And maybe that, you know, doesn't apply to you and you've never made cookies or baked anything or cooked anything in your life. You, But there's definitely an analogy in everybody's world that is like that. What, yeah. what is the thing that sort of makes you who you are mm-hmm. and make sure that you're leaving those little trinkets behind so that other people can continue to remember you. And, and so we try to get people thinking about all of those things or even things that are not necessarily emotional or sentimental at all, but just the things that are in your wheelhouse or in your domain in your life. For example, a woman that we spoke with who recently lost her husband said he had done a will and he had done traditional estate planning. But the thing that I'm now dealing with is where are the light bulbs that we use in our house that are the special kind? Mm -hmm. He was the one who knew exactly what kind it was. He was the one who knew how to install them. And now I have no idea what to do. And we have all these lights around the house that need to be replaced. And that's the thing that she is focused on. And I actually spoke with her son today, randomly. And I said, oh, how is everything? And he said, I'm going over to my mom's to help her with some light bulbs. This is the thing that is the thing she's focused on right now. And so we try to get people thinking about what is your light bulb example right. like right. what is the thing in your life that is mm-hmm. going to be like that light bulb that's going to cause somebody to obsess over it for the next 6 months yeah and we try to make that documented somewhere so that right. somebody at least somebody knows where yeah. that important information is
0: yeah and okay. one of the things one of the things we talk regularly about on this show since we are trying to be trend spotters and try to think about the future is that scenario based thinking is a huge trend Uh, That's emerging nowadays where things are so upside down and turbulent. You want to think about good, bad, weird scenarios and be ready to explore what might I do in those contexts. And that combined with the other trend that I've seen around self-care and the idea of taking care of yourself is important, uh, particularly when we're all managing more stress than any of us have had prior in our lives. That's where I I could see a real emerging need here. And I could see how that need has been compounded by the pandemic where we've all been forced to confront death, whether either directly through people we've lost, or at least through awareness of risk. And I like to talk about how even when I'm going to the bodega to pick up like a gallon of milk. I'm actually going through the risk arbitrage where what's the likelihood that I might contract something and then what's the percentage chance that I could actually uh, die from something that has to have been tremendously relevant to maybe the last year of your origin story. Since the pandemic, particularly with this book launching, I imagine there's a tremendous story to tell around how the market was emerging almost before your eyes, like the scale of this, you had an outside event that was forcing everyone to confront these things. Maybe beginning with Eugene, and then any thoughts you might have, Abby, on
2: what this year has been like and how it's impacted your story? When we were doing the book, obviously it was a year and a half earlier. Mm -hmm. And when it started, we realized Okay, we're always talking about the unexpected. We're always trying to get people to say something could happen in case you get hit by a bus. That's the whole concept of the title. That's what people say. In case I get hit by a bus, here's my information. And it's always difficult because people think, What are the odds of me getting hit by a bus? It's not much. And then all of a sudden, when the pandemic happened, it was this wake up call and this realization for something we're telling people. We don't have to come up with a bus. We're like, What if something happens? What if going to the store could end you, you could end up in the hospital. What if you Mm -hmm. can get in touch with someone? So reworking that into the book, especially in the intro and it being something that's throughout, even though we don't specifically go into details of that, it did become a factor where we're saying this is now another reason. Cause for us, it is very situational. There's milestones in life. Like Abby mentioned with weddings and children and home buying and retirement. But there's also situational things. Could be as fun as going on vacation. It could be I'm going away for a little while. I'm selling my home. I'm downsizing. Kids are going to college. There's so many of those. And this becomes one of those more severe ones. And sometimes we've had topics and checklists on the site that were about what happens if you're diagnosed with a serious illness. What if you have a chronic condition is treatable, but what if there's not much time left? What if you have to do this for a parent? We've talked about that over and over again. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to the pandemic, Abby early on did have a situation with family members, and this kind of planning does go into it. Abby, you mind telling that story about it?
1: Sure. I think what we've over the past year, what we've all been experiencing, the whole world was hit by a bus
2: hmm.
1: in the form of a pandemic, and that, that, I think has created this awareness around the idea that you never know what's going to happen. And while this planning may have been a nice to have before, as Jean's talking about, now it's a need to have. And my family experienced a true COVID situation back in March when my aunt and uncle were among the first people in their county in Texas to be diagnosed with COVID. Mm. And It was one of those nightmare COVID stories. This was actually all over the news at the time. And remember back in March, nobody knew anything about COVID really. Mm -hmm. No one knew how to, no, it was so much scarier in some ways. It's more scary now, but back then it was scarier because we didn't know anything. We didn't know how to treat it. We didn't know what it was. We didn't know what it was going to do. We just didn't know. It was terrifying that they were struggling with this. And at the time when they both went into the hospital and Their children, who were adult kids, who lived a few hours away, were not able to contact. They didn't know how to contact their parents' next-door neighbor or their primary care physician. And I remember even prior to them going to the hospital, when we knew that they were not able to even get out of bed, he wanted to call the neighbor to go in and deliver water to their front doorstep. They couldn't go in, obviously. And they didn't know how to get in touch with them. And it's those little details that are the things that oftentimes you don't realize are the kinds of nooks and crannies of your life that oftentimes get overlooked or just, you don't even think about sharing those little details with somebody else, but those become the things that end up locking somebody else out of your life or being able to help in the event of an emergency. And so Mm. the book is really here to try to help people think through different scenarios and Think through what are the types of details that you do need to share amongst family members or amongst people that you trust, so that in the event uh, you get hit by a bus, your family can help. Yeah, and unwind things.
2: Yeah, and I also like the idea of people could say just email and call everybody, but in those situations, first you might not want to get everyone involved. There's people that might not be able to help. There's not having that information. There could be panic. There could be someone in the family that could worry. Someone could rush over there in haste and do something. So these things, again, we we think of every scenario, but by doing a little bit of planning ahead, and it really isn't nearly as difficult. I think people seem to feel like, okay, I'm going to have to spend the next six months of intensive study and organization. And our whole goal is it's not that way. Mm -hmm. It really is, it's a lot of things, but each one of those things as they're broken down are incredibly doable and they're Mm -hmm. not nearly as mysterious or scary or complicated or expensive as people think. It's just a matter of taking that little bit of time and knowing where to start. And we've always said the hardest part is starting because there's people, you look at a, a hoarded house and you say, okay, if you try to do it all at once, It's tough, but okay. Start with the kitchen drawer. Start in this one spot. Make sure you get this corner, make some progress. And you're constantly making progress. And before it, it does start to become automatic and just part of how you store your passwords, Mm -hmm. how you organize your phone contacts, which we're still getting Abby to do. And she (laughs) will one of these days.
1: Even today. So we just moved into a new apartment and I was thinking about (laughs) the things that I still can't Do in our current apartment just because I haven't gotten my husband to share the details with me now. Mm -hmm. And things like what is the Wi Fi password to our apartment? Mm -hmm. Or how do I turn on the cable box? Now, I did not know this is a true story. I did not know until last night that he said we didn't have cable in our bedroom. Uh We have cable in the living room set up, but in the bedroom, we're using. Spectrum. Uh, mm, mm. Uh,
0: the Spectrum app. Yeah. Yeah.
1: The Spectrum mm-hmm. app. Yeah. And I didn't know that. And the other day, before not knowing that, I was spending 30 minutes trying to get TV on because I wanted to watch <sighs> CNN or something about right. the news. And I, so I didn't even know we didn't have regular TV here. And it's those kinds of things that mm. can drive you crazy. In our house, he handles that. Mm-hmm. I handle other things for the family. I handle some of our main bank accounts. I have certain money that gets transferred into certain bank accounts each month for our kids, 529 accounts. Right. He has no idea how I have that set up. Sure. He Actually, yeah. I, I recently put how that is set up in my EverPlan that I shared with him. Mm. But other than doing that, he would have no idea how I do that. And, I, and there are certain things in our life that I would have no idea if he didn't share them with me, like how... Do I get access to our car that's right. in the parking garage that we mm. have here in New York? He's the one who drives. I take the subway or I used to before COVID. Right. He's the one who drives because he drives to his office, which is actually in New Jersey. And I never drive. I never ever, I've never once gone to that parking garage in 10 years and gotten yeah. the car and driven without him somewhere. So right. if there was an emergency, how would I get access to the? To right. The car. So it's those kinds of things that mm. we're trying to get you to think about. And yeah, we do, of course, help you think about the more traditional side of estate planning, mm-hmm. uh, wills, trusts, power of attorney, uh, healthcare directives. But we also get you thinking about so much more than yeah. just what you think of as being traditional estate planning. And talking about a trend, I think one of the trends that we're seeing is people. Um, starting to have more awareness around what's called digital estate planning. And Mm -hmm. digital estate planning is a whole new or relatively new, I should say, concept. Our lives are basically all online today. And the average person has over 130 different online accounts. And I think, Gene, what is it supposed to go up to 200 this year?
2: Yeah, it's um, surpassed 200. And, and, And also adding in the fact that you do have young kids and the schooling this past year added a whole nother right. level that you never even had to consider a year ago.
1: That's actually a really good point in terms of digital estate planning and organization. Now that I have two kids who have to log in to remote school, how do you access their remote learning um, platform? Yes, somebody in your family could get access to that, but it would take them probably an hour and a half and a huge amount of frustration. And so Mm -hmm. it's leaving behind those little details. But digital estate planning is certainly on the rise. People are having to think about what are all those different usernames, passwords? What are the accounts you you have in the first place? What are the things that you have in those accounts that could be um, valuable that you need to make sure get passed down to somebody or at least shut down? What do you want done with those things? So I definitely think that's, an area that we stress over and over again. Mm -hmm.
0: Reminds me of the concept of the digital twin is something I've heard uh, more people talk about lately, where there is another version of ourselves that lives in the digital universe. It seems for both good and bad, honestly, in terms of digital legacy planning, in that to a certain extent, there's risk where those accounts will still be live after you're gone. So someone needs to figure out how to get there, deactivate them, manage your reputation and and who you are. But there's also an opportunity that if you're thoughtful in how you leave things behind, digital artifacts, as well as physical artifacts, those are ways for you to stay connected and for people to feel like you're still there after you're gone. Another topic, another trend we've talked about is digital inclusion and the gaps that exist, particularly among the older generations frequently. They can't as easily uh, set up a telemedicine appointment, for example, or they may not feel as comfortable having a digital bank account. They may prefer to go down to the bank to handle their finances. Understanding that complexity, uh, it makes me think back on you talking about this as a technology company. Can you talk about why that's important? Because as we're talking, I'm starting to understand why so much has changed in light of the digital world that we live in.
2: The one thing we realized is how it touches pretty much every aspect of our lives now. And when you mentioned setting up appointments, when it mentioned managing medication, when you mentioned having to access all the types of insurance people have and had a dispute, uh, a charge you shouldn't have because it wasn't picked up by Medicaid or a Medicare, or a supplemental plan you have. All of these things become another additional stress. And the generational thing was a big issue for us because 20 years ago, passwords, you had a pin code for your ATM, that was it. And now you have every benefit you're getting, every utility you use, every and it's both scary to think of it that way but it's also a lot easier when you have access now when you don't have access that's why we stress and we realize as we're writing it how passwords became so repetitive that it was almost funny we started putting passwords with an exclamation point just to say like passwords again passwords you see how important they are yeah and it it just became overwhelming even certain things we'll say the physical items like you Need a physical will and some other directives that you're going to want to have somewhere. But even a life insurance policy it used to be a policy that was just paper and you might sign it, but you have a PDF of it somewhere and the insurance company's not going to say, no, we need this in this writing. Right. They, they have you in their system. You call up their company. You just need to know where it is. And they're going to start processing it. It's a matter of knowing that it exists. Mm-hmm. When it comes to managing personal stuff, this is something Abby and I have covered many times, which is saying, how do you want to be remembered when it comes to your Facebook account? How do you want to be remembered if you're active on Instagram mm-hmm. or Twitter mm-hmm. and other different platforms where people might have created their own life there. And and some of them have solutions. One of the solutions on Facebook is a legacy contact, where right now anyone can go in there and say, this person has certain access to my account. They can either shut it down, that's what I want, or they can memorialize it. Mm -hmm. And what's more interesting is Google, because we noticed that there's five companies. There's five companies that basically control almost everything online right now. Mm -hmm. And it's Google, it's Amazon, it's Facebook, it's Apple and it's Microsoft. And some of those are interact. Some of those, are, you might have Apple as opposed to Microsoft, but still both of them have hundreds of millions of people around the world using this. Mm-hmm. And we realized with Google, their inactive account manager is amazing because you set it for a month or a year and a half, and it recognizes whether or not you're active on their platform. Because people use Google so frequently now. Yeah that by not doing a search, not checking your Gmail, not watching a YouTube video while logged into Chrome, mm. that not saying Google Home or even with Amazon where well, you're talking Alexa and without having those things, not using it means that's odd behavior now. Mm-hmm. Whereas it used to be odd behavior to check your email, or get it at work, then you go home, you don't have it at home. Now it's a constant process that we do. Plus most people getting access to that one account, it not only gives you access to the people they know and the people they may need to contact, but that's how they get all their bills. That's where their statements are. That's how you verify things. Then there's next level security. We're really big proponents of password managers yeah. because passwords, as Abby mentioned over a hundred accounts, it's gotten out of control. And if you're reusing passwords, you're going to get hacked. Right. Something bad's going to happen. So having one relying on that, having the security so you could just change them and remember one password and giving that access to someone that you trust is very important. So people mm-hmm. can do those types of details afterwards and they can have access to it. Yeah. And then other aspects of recognizing did this person care? About these parts of whether their social presence and making sure that it's properly honored. Because I have to say, when I go on places like LinkedIn or Facebook, there's people I know that have died years ago, yep. and I still see their account as if they're still there. It's just the last post happened to be their last post. And other people, it's very active and people putting memorials and remembering. And but other people, it's like, how do you get access? Because these companies will not give you access. How many times have you seen stories about Apple? They won't give it right. to suspected criminals. And it's not that they're being evil. It's security mm-hmm. because let's face it. The moment someone's gone, there are people out there that want to hack. They want to take yeah. over identities. They want to do whatever they can. Mm-hmm. So of course, if I could call up Apple and convince them to give me a password the first thing I could do is say, see, I got them to reveal all this information. They're not as safe as you think. I, I've been using this person's Amazon account for six months and no one said anything. That security, and especially at Everplans, we're so sensitive to it because we are storing people's most valuable information. And that became, if Adam was on the, this talk right now, he would say, that's why we spent all this money and effort and time to keep it secure, these companies are the same way. So they're not being evil that they don't give you access to grandma's iPad. They're doing it because they want to make sure that it's not compromised. People not using secure passwords make it compromised. Mm -hmm. And those are the little pieces of how we've seen things going And the frustration too, because if you are writing it down on a piece of paper and you're keeping your passwords there, you're probably not updating it as much as possible. You think of that old black book that people had keeping numbers in it. Some were out of date, some you'd end up calling information to get it because you didn't feel like looking up the new number. But other aspects of the digital state, you'd want to keep it as fresh because the most frustrating thing we've seen is people saying, yeah, I have a whole list of passwords. You go in and like half of them work.
1: Another trend that, we've seen over the years building this business and now writing this book is in people's ability to customize their funerals or customize what people can do after somebody has gone Mm. and even to create technologies that have come up that allow people to record messages now that get played in the future for people. Mm -hmm. This is a very new concept, Uh, maybe a year after somebody dies. You get a message from them or maybe on special moments like birthdays or things that you might get a message from your parent or from a spouse or somebody who has passed away. Different people have different feelings or emotions about getting a message like that. It's probably not for everybody, but for some, it could be so meaningful. And what you can do with your ashes now is crazy. Like people are turning their ashes and their loved one's ashes into rocks that get blasted into space or into diamonds or into, there's a lot of technology now um, that is allowing people to do all sorts of things to keep their loved ones' memories alive. But one of the things that we try to help people thinking about are what are those things that you want to make sure you leave for your family and whether that's photos or videos. And I do think back to the story that a friend of mine told me, whose mom passed away a few years ago, and he said when he misses her, he doesn't look at just like one video or photo, but he does have this one particular video where he he just recorded a regular old family dinner, Mm. like the whole dinner, like the hour long family dinner with all the craziness and drama and everything. And he just let the camera, I don't know if it was his iPhone or, I don't know how he actually did it, I have to ask him. But when he misses his mom, he refers back to that. And it just Mm. brings up how she was On a regular old night. Yeah. And and so for everybody, it's different what they're going to want and want to refer back to. And, Mm. but we do try to get people thinking about all of that.
0: Yeah. It it, it makes me think of the big idea of addressing things that are typically avoided or treated as a taboo. That's a major mindset shift. And I think you're out ahead of something that is big, which is why I was happy to get you on the show. Frequently, the details follow the shift of mindset that needs to happen first. And I think hopefully folks will understand more. If if they're interested in what you're doing, they can go to everplans.com. Is that the the right place?
1: They can go to encasethebook.com or to everplans.com. And today and now, if you do buy the book, which is available anywhere books are sold, you actually will get a free year of Everplans service as well. Interesting. And it's a great companion guide to the book because once you read the book and, and you'll definitely, I I guarantee it, you'll find things in it that you have not done or that you need to do. And even if you get started with a few key things, you can actually then go to Everplans and put that information into an Everplan that you create for your family.
0: Yeah, so a lot, lot to dive into there. And and hopefully folks will, will take this opportunity to maybe lean in to something that is uncomfortable. Another thing that we've talked about a lot on the show, typically when we're talking about how race and social justice issues arose this year, we all had to learn how to become more comfortable with discomfort. It almost feels like there's a some sort of emotional, psychological discomfort that we all feel uh, when we confront the inevitable. But once you get through that. And once you realize that there are people out there like y'all who are providing that support, it can make it a lot easier. I do remember when I lost my dad a few years ago, I was not in an emotional state where I could do the simple things like figure out what is past. I could probably figure it out if I wasn't shaken up, but you're very shaken up when you're in those contexts and, and having that forethought. So you're kind to your future self is a really uh, important idea. Before we let you go, I'd love to get some concluding thoughts uh, from each of you, maybe beginning with Eugene and then concluding with you, Abby, just around what are you seeing out there in the world today? Are there any trends we haven't talked about? Is there anything new? I'd like to say Zeitgeist uh, at least wants a show, is there anything new? Abby, you were talking about how people think about their digital estate planning. That's really interesting idea that is emerging. It does seem like you are on uh, the cutting edge in some way. So I'd love to hear from each of you, whether it's about what you're doing in Everplant specifically, or something that's just capturing your imagination. I'd love to hear that from each of you on that as we approach a uh, wrap up here.
2: Yeah, Abby knows that one of my favorite parts of the book is about skeletons in mm. the closet mm. and how people might want to keep things hidden or secret after they're gone, because people might have backups. So we say, if it's something you wouldn't be comfortable putting out on Thanksgiving, For everyone to see, would you want to do that? Or people that may have weapons or things that are dangerous in their Mm. household that they're like, I need to make sure that if you're going to find these, I don't want them falling to the wrong hands. If someone has a bunch of medication because they were sick and they know that someone has an addiction problem Mm. in their family and they don't want the kids. And a lot of times we found out that the teenagers, one in six, will raid a medicine cabinet Mm. and share those pharmaceuticals with friends. So little things like that that we want people to say. It could be interesting but it could also be serious and the the other part that is always compelling to me is people saying i don't want to do this i don't have a plan and we account for that and it's called the default Mm. and that means that you might not want a plan but there is one waiting for you your stuff's going to end up somewhere your kids are going to end up somewhere there's going to be all these other aspects and we give you those outlines if you don't make those medical decisions you're forcing someone else to Mm. and i think that aspect of responsibility has always really sat with us, which is this kind of real talk at that moment. Mm -hmm. This is what you're going to have to deal with. This is what they're going to have to deal with. You won't be around, but if you start thinking about it, you don't have to create this kind of pain. You could do something about it right now.
0: Mm -hmm. Great stuff. Abby, any concluding perspective, bring it home for us as we're talking about whatever plans and in case you get hit by a bus uh, have going on?
1: I think it's going to be impossible for anyone to go you know, into 2021 and not be thinking that planning ahead for the unexpected is something important to do. Mm -hmm. It's never been more important. And so we do think that it will be on people's minds, having nothing to do with ever plans and nothing to do with getting hit by a bus. What's been on my mind is during this whole pandemic, seeing what's clearly going to be uh, a new world that we're gonna be living in. Mm -hmm. We're already living in a new world today but I have a lot of questions about trends what is going to change in mm-hmm. our life in a post covid world post vaccine world mm-hmm. what will we be doing to plan what will change about planning ahead for the unexpected mm-hmm. how will we use artificial intelligence to help us make better decisions how will we incorporate this into our planning mindset i have a lot more questions than mm-hmm. obviously than answers right now and i'm looking forward to seeing how everything
0: unfolds. Yeah. Fantastic stuff. Really appreciate getting time with Abby Schneiderman and Gene Newman from Everplans. book out called In Case You Get Hit By a Bus. It's a great title, really useful resource as someone who went through this on a personal level. I think many of us have gone through something like this in some capacity, having a guidebook and having uh, people who thought about it, who can help you navigate those complex times is a really great thing. So thank you both for being on the show and thank you for doing the work that you're doing. And for our listeners, we'll be back again soon. We'll keep talking about what's new and what's emerging. Sometimes we'll present some interesting ideas you might not have expected, but thanks again for listening. And thanks again to, to Abby and Jean for joining us. We'll be back again soon. This is Trending in Education.